Wait, did you press record? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just making sure that you didn't just minimize. <laughs> I know we like to go into it naturally and I ruined it, but... <laughs> Well, so I only follow two people on my YouTube, and it's us and Sydney Cummings. And so she posts a video every day. So sometimes I have to scroll right. to mm. find ours. But yeah, yeah. I don't even know if I have a YouTube account. I I, I mean, I'm for a while. Yeah, I watch them all the time. But every time, if I want to like, can't you upload them or something? Or you can like. Comments? Yeah. The oh, like. you can also dislike, which yeah. is awesome. But the comments, can you? I don't even I know. Think Can you you can't comments? comment on it or like or dislike without having an account. So if I uh, ever want to do one of those things, I'm like, oh, I should just create an account and then I never do. Yep. Right. Maybe I will now so I can subscribe to this. We'd be happy to have you as a subscriber. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, also, welcome to the wardrobe. This is the Who You Know podcast. I'm Ryland Deemer. And I'm Elisa Wildey. And our guest today is Jen Pribble. Jen, we are so glad to finally have you on the show. Happy to be here. It was a struggle to get you on. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's been a busy summer. Yeah. So uh, tell us a bit about that. Like, why are you busy? Um, this summer has been a lot of post-COVID events, um, uh. like, and a lot of family events. And then part of it is because now I'm, I have a boyfriend, and so now I have double the oh, events yeah. that I normally have. He's kind of similar to me where he's pretty family-oriented and um, has a lot of family events. And so I feel like it's just a new balance I need to find. But this summer specifically has been a lot of COVID weddings that got mm. postponed. So I think three of our weddings so far have been vow renewals. Because um, oh, they got they, during yeah. COVID. Yeah, okay. So... You know, and I went were, into this year thinking I wouldn't actually have that many weddings. I was, I love weddings, but I was pretty excited <laughs> for a little bit more of an open schedule. And then a lot of those last minute invites, well, not really last minute, but where you don't have the save the date. So you're not really planning on it until you get that invite for the vow renewals. But there's still lots of fun because they need a wedding day, too. Yeah. I was going to ask if they're still comparable to like a normal wedding. Yeah. It feels exactly the same, except they um, call it a vow renewal. And And you don't get as much of like a lead time to like prep for it. Yeah. It's like, oh, here's the date and it's happening. It's like, oh, yeah, four (laughs) weeks. We got another event. Really? (laughs) Well, I I thought, yeah, I think they're supposed to send wedding invites. They usually say like six weeks, but that's if you send a save the date. Yeah. I guess. Um, That's faster than I thought it was. And you had something this weekend, right? Yes, this weekend. So I'm also, that's par- been part of the busyness is because I'm the maid of honor in a wedding in this November. Uh-huh. And so it's been a few events for that too. This weekend was her bachelorette. So did you plan the bachelorette party? Yes. Oh, that's <laughs> is this awesome. your first time planning one? Well, other than my sister. Okay. So it's the first one for a friend, which is a lot different than I thought it'd be, <laughs> you know, because for a sister, you kind of know what she wants. And like, you're pretty. it's pretty easy to be like, what do you want to help me plan this? Um, and I had my other sister to co-plan it with me. Mm-hmm. So this one was a bit harder because she's, you know, a friend from high school. Um, so a couple hours away, and um, I was kind of like the sole one planning it. But her, a couple of her friends that like that she sees more often now helped me quite a bit. So oh, that was good. nice. 
Um, and she knew what she wanted to. We did a party bus. And okay. so, oh, cool. Um, the, really, the only part to plan was, uh, like, we got together beforehand for pizza and some snacks and everything. Okay. And I'm guessing you have to, don't, you have to plan, like, the morning of, like, brunch type stuff of the wedding for the wedding yeah you know that's actually a good question i should probably (laughs) see if that's a thing because for um heather's wedding i think it was the moms that did that oh okay heather's my older sister sister. okay so she would have been the only other uh, wedding that i was a maid of honor for but but yeah so I should probably check into that. <laughs> well, I don't even know. I'm like, if someone asked me to be a maid of honor for something, I wouldn't know what that, like, yeah. the first step. <laughs> yeah. Because I've not, well, first of all, I don't think I've ever been to a bachelorette party, so oh. I'd have to figure out, like, what even would happen. Yeah. And then I've been to very few weddings, just really? to see, like, even if I had to play my own wedding right now, it'd be like, I don't know what, what happened. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like it's, uh, even if you've been to a lot, it's just really dependent on the bride yeah. and what they want. Um, so, I mean, you, you get a little bit of an idea of what generally happens. But, yeah. for example, this bachelorette was a lot more casual than a couple others that I've been on where they were a lot more planned out and had, you know, typical bachelorette games where... Maybe they ask the fiance, you know, what's your favorite part about Elisa, you know, (laughs) or whoever the bride. But yeah, so I feel like even if you've been to a lot, it's kind of a learning curve. Mm -hmm. How should I be the bridesmaid for this bride? Yeah. (laughs) What does she want from me? But Well, yeah, because you've been a bridesmaid a handful of times, right? A lot. Quite a few, yeah. Um, Do you have the 27 dresses? No. (laughs) Not quite. Actually, I haven't been too many times. Um, I think three other times. Oh, okay. Uh, I I mean, that's quite a lot. Well, yeah. (laughs) And, like, you go to so many weddings, I'm always imagining, like, oh, she's probably a bridesmaid. Like, she's probably a bridesmaid. And so I'm imagining, like, 20 since I've known you, and it's not. (laughs) No. No, I think just three other bridesmaid, but... um, like, a lot of the weddings I go to are family mm-hmm. weddings. Oh, okay. So, it all, you know, if you just go to a friend wedding where you're not really close with the couple, then you don't know very many people at the wedding. Or, I don't know, usually I end up leaving sooner at those type of weddings. But I always feel like with family or close friend weddings, you it's almost like you're... Other than the planning up to the event, it's almost like you're a part of a wedding party because you stay the whole time yeah. and you have a lot of fun because you know most of the crowd. So. Was, yeah, yeah, that's kind of fun that you say that because I went to a friend's wedding and eventually like people started leaving. I look around, I'm like, all right, I think it's like family left. I think we should leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that always varies by the wedding too because some of them, like everyone stays till the end. I forget whose wedding it was, but I was at one wedding last year and... Or no, it wouldn't have been last year because of COVID. I can't remember when it was, but everyone left by like 10. And oh, it was like, early. that was unusual for a There's new probably a secret to. after yeah. party, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. You didn't get invited to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have heard of that, though, where afterwards they go to the bars. Mm-hmm. And I would rather just stay at the reception longer and then go home. Yeah. Well, we, so I went to a, a wedding in Chicago like a month or two ago. And... Uh, their wedding reception ended at like uh, I think it was like 10 or 11 p.m. So like the venue was closing up, and so it was either stay behind and like help clean or 
you know, bounce and hit the bars, and that's yeah. what I ended up doing. So I think it kind of depends on, like, where you're hosting it as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder if it depends on, like, traveling. Like, what if mm-hmm. it was in your hometown, but you have all your friends and family from all over the country come? Yeah. And so, like, they probably booked a hotel. They can stay as late as they want. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. if you just live right nearby, you're like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to leave now. Like, yeah, <laughs> I got things to do tomorrow. I got to drive home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So are, are, like, most of your... Sorry, were you saying something? No. Okay. I felt like I was cutting you <laughs> That's off. That's okay. But um, uh, are most of, like, your, your friends and family, uh, are they from, like, rural uh, mm. areas or...? Um, yes, mostly, other okay. than my work friends. Sure. Um, pretty much all are from a rural area. Well, of course, everyone that I grew up with. My town's like 300 people. Oh, that's tiny. Yeah. That's so tiny. So my, I guess it's not even a town. It's technically a village. It's 300 people. And we were consolidated with another town for school. And so together, the town's had about 1,000. But I only graduated with 17, which I think you know, but I'm not sure. Oh, that's so small. Yeah. yeah. What, what did you graduate with? I'm like picturing... <laughs> kittens because i'm thinking of small things <laughs> but uh my graduating class was like 144 and okay. I, I didn't grow up in, like in a big area but yeah um, that's like a different magnitude yeah like a yeah. lot of people would call 144 pretty small yeah yeah like yeah yeah because mine was like 600 on average mm-hmm. mine was 550 but yeah yeah so we have all different ranges here yeah pretty much so um yeah, so obviously all everyone I knew in high school was pretty rural. Although I did play on a traveling basketball team one year, so I met some people from areas, um, but didn't stay super close with them, which is still, yeah, pretty small. Um, but then in college, I, I was in a sorority, so I met some people um, from, like, bigger cities, mm-hmm. especially, but then some... Oh my gosh, I keep doing It's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Should we just grab this whole I'm, section? I'm, I'll have my finger on the editing button. <laughs> or actually, you just like Should silence I? it. Yeah. And your mouth keeps moving. And the yeah. yeah. Oh, it's mean, okay. I just pull the audio down for those little sections. <laughs> okay. This anyway. is, this is um, good because I have a question after this. So keep going. Okay. So anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, in college, I met a lot of other uh, rural area friends from other cities in the mm-hmm. state uh, and then yeah now co-workers are probably where I met the most people from other cities mm-hmm. okay well because what I was wondering is like you grew up in a small town I guess village <laughs> uh well what constitutes a town do you know I don't know oh, okay. I just know that village I'd say we're at I'd say village. we're at a village when we're talking like 300 <laughs> yeah, people yeah yeah so if you grow up there like what makes you and now you live in the city so i'm wondering like did you always know like oh someday i'm going to live in a city or i'm always going to be here or like when was that like turning point of like i'm gonna have a job in a city was that like (laughs) well yeah that's a great question because i i don't think i ever really wanted to live in a city and so you know my college city was medium-sized actually probably considered a small city. And so even being there, when I got the job offer to the slightly bigger city, I was not sure about it. I was like, I think 
you know, this size city is as big as I want to go. I don't know if I want to be in the larger city. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was a little nervous about it at first, but I'm not nervous enough that I would want to turn down the job. Yeah. Um, well, I guess what made you nervous? Just because it's a city? Just, um, yeah, I don't Nothing really made me, like, actually scared, nervous. Just right. will I enjoy it? I kind of, yeah. you know, I like the open space. I like the small town feel. Um, I like friendly people. And so yep. you just, just not know, knowing what to expect. Yep. Um, it was the nervousness. But I actually loved it way better than uh, the College City because the it's just a lot easier to get around. Mm -hmm. But it still has that small town feel because, okay. you know... It's it's a medium sized city. It's not it's not you know a New York or a, an LA. So. Yeah, and I I found like even when I used to live in Chicago, uh, there's still like that Midwest friendliness. Yeah, that is kind of just throughout this entire region. So yep. yeah, I I think um, where we live now is like a nice mix between mm -hmm. like the space that you get yep. from living in a rural area and like that friendliness that yeah. is still present in the Midwest. Yeah. And also, like, the excitement of city stuff. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Well, yeah, and I grew up here, like, my whole life, so I haven't really, like, ventured out to see what other cities are like. But, like, I feel like I lived in different parts of the city, and so I've had, like, two different experiences from, like, my growing up versus after college, too. And so yeah. just that has made me appreciate cities more. Because, like, before yeah. I lived in, like, a suburb, and it was your normal suburban life. But. Yep. <laughs> I agree with that, though. Like, I started out not really in the suburbs but on the border and then when i moved downtown it was almost like a whole new city mm -hmm. you know yep. and now that i'm back out here closer to the suburbs it's like closer to i think i enjoy that more than the downtown even though downtown was fun but it's more similar to a small town you yeah. know like where everything's a bit more spaced out yep. you've got your lawn so you've got your your green space mm -hmm. yeah so I do like that. Did you have any challenges when you moved to the city at first? No, not really. I think <laughs> I think I I've always been even though I I was from a rural area, I I've done a lot of traveling even since when I was younger. So I think a common struggle with like rural area moving to the city would be like not used to all the people, not used to like the diversity and just like, you know, some of the different groups that you don't always get in um, a small town, but I feel like I had a lot of exposure to that already um, by just from like traveling. Um, so was that travel so, that you did on your own or? Um, a, mostly with family, but I did in, when I was in high school, went on um, a music trip mm -hmm. to over to Europe. And so That's I feel cool. like, yeah, that was probably one of the first times I did a vacation on my own that I can remember other unless you count like camps as a kid you know but yeah. that one was a longer trip and since it was in Europe it was in a lot of like uh, high dense or high population density cities so I got kind of used to the hustle and bustle so I I think it was more of a gradual shift to like living in the city since I had have been in them plenty of times yeah. compared to right. I definitely know a lot of people from my hometown that if you told them to move to, or <laughs> told them okay. to move to the city, they would just, um, yeah, they would, it would be a culture shock for sure. Right, right. Yeah. So it sounds like those experiences traveling were pretty formative for you. If it 
if it was able to like acclimate you to like a totally different lifestyle. Yep. I would definitely agree. I guess it, maybe it's just a personality thing, but, or yeah, because I, I enjoy learning and as part of that, just like seeing other people's lifestyle, um, which maybe I didn't realize that until doing some of the, the early on traveling. Um, yeah. So it made me know how much I love traveling. It made me like just appreciate other people's lifestyles a lot more. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've done a lot of traveling. <laughs> Would you echo that? Yeah, I think, I mean, my, the town that I grew up in wasn't as small as, as what you grew up in, but I actually mm-hmm. grew up like 15 miles outside of the city limits. Okay. So I was like in the woods and had like no exposure to like different cultures until I moved to Chicago and that's where I was like oh wow this is what like mm-hmm. this is a lot of different people yeah. and, yep. and they're all kind of doing like their own yeah. thing here yeah uh, so for me I don't think I had like that cultural exposure before being dropped into the mm-hmm. the urban jungle and mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there was a bit of an adjustment period for me, but yeah. it was also, I felt a lot of pride because I felt like I had made it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm in the big time now. Yeah. Like, no, that's awesome. Um, so, you know, every day I go to the city and I'd be very energized and like active uh-huh. and just wanting to do everything that I could. Yeah. So I think that helped like me uh, bridge those connections okay. between myself and like yeah city dwellers yep yeah Yeah. no actually so that um europe trip in high school was mid high school but i mentioned earlier the traveling basketball team i played on and so that probably was other than it was still with parents but um that was probably one of the first times i actually got exposure to some larger cities because we went to places like all the bigger cities across the Midwest, you know, Chicago, Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. So nowhere on the coasts really, but so I kind of had the same or more of a culture shock in Chicago than, um, but it was only, you know, a weekend trip, but that was probably the first time that I saw, you know, so many homeless people on the mm-hmm. streets or, um, yeah, any, that kind of city life that may be like louder like, clothing. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yep. So, um, I would agree with the the Chicago comment about if I if I would have moved there at that point in my life, I would <laughs> I would have had way more of a transition than mm-hmm. just because first of all it would have been a bigger jump, um, tiny to huge, and mine was kind of more tiny, small city, medium city. Still haven't hit that large city. I don't know if I ever right. will, but <laughs> yeah, I feel like you mentioned kind of like personality too. I feel like maybe both of you are more like open-minded or like you take on change better maybe or like you'd make the most of the change would you agree with that yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so and i I remember like when i moved to the city that we live in now Mm -hmm. uh you were one of the first people that was just like super welcoming toward me and that that meant a lot (laughs) And that's the person that I tend to be, mm-hmm. like, when I'm established in a group. I mm-hmm. tend to be the person that's, like, looking for, like, the outsiders who are who are just, like, waiting for the invitation, you know? Mm-hmm. So I really appreciated that. That made, like, a huge difference in my adjustment to living here. 
Uh, so thanks. <laughs> that uh, makes me happy to hear. And I, I think we share that that yeah. trait, though. So. I would agree with that, though. I I try to be welcoming for sure. It's um, but it's easier to be welcoming to someone who seems very friendly. So I would admit that I'm sometimes not great at being, um, you know, welcoming or you know, inviting people into the group if they are, you know, less outwardly friendly. Um, but well, it was easy to loop you in the group <laughs> it's probably just more work like you try so much yeah and it's like well i give up like yeah. <laughs> sorry yeah. yeah i get intimidated i'm like okay you don't have to come <laughs> <laughs> but you'll have lots of fun if you do yeah but you should <laughs> yeah well i remember it took me a while to gag well myself get acclimated i feel like i had plenty of opportunities when i like first started working that mm-hmm. people were like oh we're doing this we're doing this but I just like never did and sometimes it was because I was busy but sometimes I think I was just too scared to like hop in yeah um which was a mistake because as soon as I hopped in yeah it uh, was great yeah I did a a year where I said yes to every invitation that really? was awesome oh yeah my gosh. highly recommend it We're, what if they overlapped yeah did that happen um I don't recall it happened okay okay this was also a while ago so okay yeah. Were you just, did you feel overwhelmed ever for being too busy? No. Hmm. Do you ever feel overwhelmed for being too busy? <laughs> I do, yeah. I. It's actually funny you say that because I've kind of made a personal goal recently to get better at saying no because I feel like I haven't hung out with some of my closer friends as much as I want to, and I've been sacrificing that time for like people that I'm not as close with just because of not saying no. And I'm like, I need to get better at saying no, but I also want to get better at saying yes to the things I want to do mm-hmm. because I don't like the feeling of being like so busy that you're not even enjoying the things that you're doing. Yeah. I need to like take a step back, smell the roses. <laughs> so what, like what, what's going through your, your thoughts and feelings when you say yes to something that, that is maybe like borderline like what is that internal oh you mean like that i maybe would would not be super excited to go to or that yeah. i'd rather go to something yeah. else i suppose maybe just the expectation that you should go you know um but and, and sometimes that's a good thing because you end up having a lot of fun so sometimes it pushes you to do things that you um and like should have done so but sometimes that feeling is like it's important to make others happy, but you should also be making yourself happy. So I feel like yeah. I need to be making that balance a little bit better. Maybe sometimes think too much about like making sure I go to this event because otherwise so and so would notice and, and not be happy. But so is it is it like a sense of because I, I heard like two different things there. Mm-hmm. Is it a sense of duty to like yeah. meeting an expectation, or is it <clears throat> like you not wanting to? disappoint someone or some mixture yeah i'd say a mixture like not wanting to let them down and wanting to like be there for them in certain cases and then in certain cases more of a uh i feel like i've committed to this or i Mm -hmm. i kind of have to you know i feel like i should be there for them so how do you think it'll feel when you start saying no um i think as long I feel like I might not be good at it. So it depends if I actually do it. <laughs> okay. Because um, lots of times, like I said, when you end up 
going to that thing or that event that you were tempted to not go to, um, you end up being super happy you went because you kind of like rekindle with that person that you haven't seen in a while and then you're happy. Um, but one example is um, I had a friend from college and it was her wedding. It was a vow renewal again, mm. but and it was also my cousin's bachelorette on the same day. I really felt that like almost sense of commitment or whatever to the old friend. I should go to her wedding. And then I ended up deciding to go to the bachelorette just because those are people that I see at least a couple times a year for family events. Um, probably some of the cousins that I'm closest to, uh, they're all about my age. There's five girls in that family, so <laughs> it's lots of fun. But that was one where probably like the first no I said, because my initial instinct was, oh, I have to go to this wedding. I can't go to the bachelorette. And then I was like, actually, I think I should say no to the wedding and switch those priorities. So I think hmm. I don't want to start saying no to events when I have nothing else going on. I just want to make sure that if I have conflicts, I pick the one that means the most to me mm. instead yeah. of picking the one that I feel like obligated to go to. Yeah. But like in that situation where you have two things going on, mm -hmm. if I was in that situation, I'd feel so stressed. Yeah. Do you get that? <laughs> yeah. I, I was. I, I asked Wade like multiple times if it was bad that I wasn't going to the wedding. <laughs> Um, yeah, I would be getting confirmation from other people too. Yeah. But yeah, I was going to say, like, do you have any, I'm assuming it's happened more than that one time. Like, do you have any advice that you think helps people through that type of decision of two big things to choose between? Um, the best I can think of is actually advice from Wade. And it's like, just... Wade is your boyfriend. And Yeah, Wade yeah. is my boyfriend. <laughs> and basically just choose one. And if you feel disappointed you know you actually wanted the other one. Yeah. So so just like after you make the decision, pay attention to, to your feelings more than you normally would. Um, yep. And I feel like in that instance, when I was like, yeah, I need to go to the wedding and I felt myself be disappointed that I'd be missing the bachelorette, I was like, okay, obviously that one is more important to me. And yep. it's people I'll see more in the future compared to people I saw more in the past. So kind of that dynamic too. Yeah, because my mom would probably always say, like, write a pro and con list yeah. for each. And I'm like, well, obviously there's going to be pros and cons of each. That's why I'm debating this. But Yeah, you yeah, just have to weigh that's... them. Writing out the list might help you weigh them, I guess. Yep. But if you already know the pros and cons, it's more... Well, yeah, I feel like I kind of followed that advice indirectly when I was buying my new laptop because I had two. And every time I was like, this one is better. I couldn't get myself to buy it because I don't think I really wanted that mm. one in. Oh, okay. So it took me like one or two weeks to finally convince myself, I'm not buying this one, so I might as well just buy the other one. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. I, I think I picked up on that when like we were texting about it. So I was like, no, this one's better. And you were like, but. but. And then I was like, all right, she's just going to go the other one. <laughs> yeah. I think that's important, though, is just paying attention to some of your like tendencies that it's easy to just ignore about yourself, but. Uh, like if you're pro always procrastinating to do something, like procrastinating to buy that, that means you don't actually want to buy it. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. I'm trying to think of what else I'm procrastinating. Yeah, like what other decisions do I need to change? Yeah, obviously that's way easier said than done. I feel like there's a lot of things that I procrastinate that I actually want to do. It's more just yeah. you haven't forced yourself to do it yet. Yep. So what are what are these things that you're putting off? Well, 
the one that jumps to mind the most is like landscaping our yard. Mm -hmm. um, I really want to get that looking nice just because I enjoy it. Like when you gave the little tour of your backyard is just makes you happy every time you walk outside and you just have something so awesome to look at. <clears throat> and it makes you less stressed too because I feel like right now I look out at all of our weeds and I'm like, uh, I need to do that. <laughs> True. Um, but we're making progress. We got two little corners of the landscaping done. So cool. Better than Step nothing. Step at a time. Yep. Yeah. It means so much to have like the plant life right yeah. outside. That was something that I was missing, like living in Chicago or like mm -hmm. when I was living in an apartment here, mm -hmm. I wasn't getting like any nature and it mm -hmm. makes such a big difference in yeah. like my own well-being. I yeah. definitely agree. And I think maybe not for everyone, but for me, it's also different having the nature that like you're taking care of and mm. um, that or that like owns. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just enjoy it more than say if I went to a park. I still mm -hmm. love the nature at the park, but I, I like to look at, you know, a pretty landscaping and be like, I, I did that. Yeah, you <laughs> you know? want a, that sense of pride. Yeah, I, I think. OK. I, I think I do agree, despite mm -hmm. what I said before. <laughs> I think that is important. Yeah. Speaking of well-being, you like won an award <laughs> for for like wellness, right? I did. That's yeah. awesome. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I think when I like first learned about that, I thought it was like strictly about exercise, but there's more to it, right? So, can you go through like, yeah, what, what is wellness? I can try. I might need to see if you remember. <laughs> I was going to say, I hope she knows. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I, I'm not sure. I'm not an expert because before I got that award, and Elisa <laughs> is to thank for that because I, I seriously think that she, the only reason I got that award is because she's so nice. And she had such a well-written nomination that I, it was just perfect. I think there were a lot of other people that are just as awesome, but she did better with the nomination. Do you have that? I, I saved don't think people. I have it I saved. But like, I think help. Like we. Oh, I don't think they know we lived with each other oh, for a yeah. year. So like, <laughs> True. I think it helped that I lived with you because I knew so much more about you than if you were just my coworker. Yeah. Maybe too. So I had more content yeah. to write on. Maybe. Yeah. That, that probably did because other people, it was, they just know what they hear at work. Yep. So um, I almost felt like I was cheating when she asked me, like, how do you know Jen? Did you just know each other through work? And I'm like, oh, well, I've lived with her for yeah. <laughs> past X That's months. how we met. But, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so before that, I didn't really know much about the wellness program at our company. And so I learned about it mostly after I got the award, but mm. they um, try to give that award out based on whole spectrum of categories of wellness. And so I can say the couple I remember are like, you know, actual physical well-being, but then they have financial well-being, um, like spiritual well-being, uh, like social, I think, maybe. Um, Is there something to do with environment? Yeah, like conscious? yeah I'm going to forget how that one's worded, but it was basically sustain, sustainability kind mm -hmm. of. Is spiritual um, the same as like emotional? I think or that was kind okay. of tied together. Um, unless I, I don't remember, remember any others. But <laughs> it was kind of, in my understanding, just like a, a having a balance to your overall life, which I'm glad you remind me of that. Because at first, when you brought up the award, I was like, I feel like I shouldn't have received that award right now because I have not been very good with my physical well being. <laughs> I, 
um, probably just the sudden swing in, in how many events I have going on has led to a sharp decrease in how much I work out. Because um, <laughs> last summer was awesome. I love to run. So last summer during COVID, I was running like four to six miles almost every day. Yeah. And now I'm lucky if I get a run in every two weeks. Wow, yeah. So it's just, I feel like I really need to up my game there, but mm-hmm. um, hopefully I'm still doing decent on the other well-being categories. Uh, still try to, oh, I think one of them, I think it was separate, like exercise versus eating well. Um, I forget what okay. they termed them as, but still try to do well with that. You know, everyone has their ebbs and flows, but. Yeah. Well, yeah, because when I'm stressed, I'm like, I'm getting Popeyes tonight. I'm getting <laughs> a burger tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's good. Yeah, at the beginning of the summer, I was eating out way too much, but mm-hmm. I kind of reined that in a little bit. Try to do it only like once a week or so. Yeah, I felt like uh, after I got vaccinated, I just went hog wild. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, which was fine because I ended up doing a lot of other like healthy choices afterward. But uh, mm. yeah, I, well, I, I think, understand like the yeah the summer yeah yeah lifestyle. Well, I think that's important though. I so I eat way too much sugar, and for a while, I think this was way back in college or maybe right after college, I I tried to cut out sugar pretty much entirely, um, and then I would find myself like binging on it which is not healthy and so I think it's important to let yourself enjoy the things that you know are kind of like your kryptonite so I I still eat way too many sweets but I try to do it with control (laughs) well I think that was one thing I regretted I don't know if I regretted not writing it in the nomination or we did that weird like video interview oh yeah (laughs) and I wish I would have said that in there too because I think I might have mentioned that you like eat healthy but you're not afraid to like enjoy other like delicious like I think I was gonna say ice cream or something like yeah like because like there's a balance like you said (laughs) yeah it's a I think well just learning the hard way it's an important balance for me personally some people are way better at it because some people stick to strict diets and or even like I was thinking strict regular diets but even do special diets like keto or or anything vegan or anything like that and um kudos to them because I don't (laughs) I cannot do that but, um, yeah, I, when I kind of realized I can't cut out sugar entirely, I basically decided I should try to cut it out of anything that's not intentionally, like, a sweet, intentionally unhealthy, kind of. Mm-hmm. So now I try to pay a lot of attention to added sugars in, like, processed foods or, or because a lot of bread has added sugar in it and um, spaghetti sauce and stuff like that where... I'm like, now I want to try to at least eat healthy meals and then have those little splurge dessert moments. Go yeah. get a cookie or some ice cream. I did a like a one-week sugar fast. Oh, really? And it blew my mind how many products have sh- like yeah. a ton of added sugar in yeah. it that you wouldn't expect. Oh, man. Yeah. Like uh, even like healthier kind of granola stuff is yeah. not as healthy as what you might think. Yeah. So uh yeah, it involved, like, a lot of, like, checking the labels to make sure mm-hmm. that it wasn't, like, loaded up with some yeah. sugar to make it more palatable. Especially breakfast foods. Mm-hmm. Um, even cereals now. You can't get yeah. very many cereals that have less than 12 grams of sugar in the box. And wow. So I tried to just avoid it entirely and just eat eggs. You know, I eat eggs, like, every day. And even, like, peanut butter, too. It, some, a lot of peanut butters 
will have added sugars and so yeah it's in a lot of stuff it's a lot mm-hmm. yeah do you guys ever like track what you eat on like an app or something like calories but not only just calories but like fat versus like your yeah, macros, the macros. Do you, um, have you ever done that Are i you have ever yeah. concerned okay <laughs> i, I try not to do it too often no yeah. um i do it if i have like a specific goal in mind that mm-hmm. i want to meet by a certain date but uh yeah, I've probably done it like three times, and it's just a lot of work. That's yeah, to like track everything. So yeah. you've done it too. Yeah, and like I, I'm good for like a week, and after that, I give up. Yeah, <laughs> trying to keep track of it all. Yeah. I think it's because I snack too much. So like every time I go get a snack, I'm like, now I have to log it. Like, yeah, so. yeah, which yeah. is not a bad thing to snack a lot. Yeah, as long as you're eating like somewhat healthy snacks. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes just like the act of needing to like log it, you're like, is it really worth? doing the snack because I yeah. have to look it up yeah or like so. when I make a dinner like I did this for eggplant parmesan and mm-hmm. so then I'm like okay well now I have to type in every ingredient and look at what pasta sauce I use today versus like last week yeah. I used a different one and so like that got really annoying that I could yeah. just click on my normal recipe if I used a different ingredient yeah the, the nice advantage though I, I might need to mess with our speaker in a second but the the advantage I thought to doing the app for a, a period of time is that it got you like to understand what the general calorie count of mm-hmm. different like food types I are agree with that, mm-hmm. yeah. so like that that helped me like figure out oh pasta is always gonna put me in like a yeah uh, what, do, what do you call it when you're like over your baseline uh, calorie intake yeah it's gonna put you like in a weight gain mm-hmm. situation yeah. yep. as opposed to like other foods where you can like you yeah know, run deficit. at a deficit if you if you want yeah i was gonna say the exact same thing because i did it like early college probably and I was really meticulous about it so I would pay attention to the macros but I also looked really closely at the micros and so I learned like a lot about what you know fruits and veggies have what nutrients in them and I yeah. I just like having that knowledge now um, but I haven't tracked it since then because it's so much work yeah well so like I used to eat eggs and one of the reasons I stopped eating eggs was because my fat content was always so large. And I felt like every morning I typed the yeah. eggs in and I'm just like, maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I've like kind of gone back the other way because I just started buying eggs again and yeah. eating them in the morning because they're healthy. They fill me up. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I did have a problem in high school where all I did was pay attention to the calories. So oh. And like I tracked everything I ate for like a year in high school. And wow. people thought... Yeah, I don't know what people thought. None of my friends said anything. I think my parents thought it was weird, but <laughs> I did, it wasn't like I had an eating disorder either. I would still eat whatever. It's just I would always track it kind yeah. of to see. to see. So then I guess my friends didn't know about it because I feel like sometimes at the lunch table they would say, how many calories is this? And then I would like guess and I would yeah. be pretty close because I <laughs> just did it so much. Well, that's the other benefit too. If you are just talking high level calories, I feel like before that, tracking i didn't realize how many calories are in some foods and kind of the same the opposite is true too like i didn't realize how some foods have so few calories yeah like if you eat spaghetti squash it's like 16 calories mm-hmm. yeah. compared to if you just eat spaghetti it's i don't even remember Way the yeah so that paying attention to the calories alone is definitely still a benefit of Oh, spaghetti yeah. squash is so good too that's like one of my favorite dishes that chen makes sometimes oh yeah it's this like spaghetti squash with ground beef and oh, seasoning yeah. and oh oh i feel like we do it like once oh. a month yeah yeah it's so good i agree can i can i ask you do you have like some 
Listen, I want wellness tips, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus you a bit if that's okay. Mm -hmm. So, let's say I let's say I'm the kind of person that doesn't get any cardio in ever. Mm -hmm. Like all I do is lift weights, and that's it. Because I don't like cardio exercises. Mm -hmm. Is there a way that I can get? my cardio in without leaving the house and without buying equipment let's see try to brainstorm like because the first one that comes to mind is just stairs oh <laughs> but that's so good, yeah. um because because i honestly at work i used to take the stairs oh yeah and i no matter how shape in shape i was i would always run out of breath by the time i got to floor seven and I was always just so disappointed, but anyway, so I feel like stairs would be the obvious answer, but if you got bored with that, it depends how much you hate cardio, like, because... I hate, I don't like running, you don't, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. well, um... Or and, biking. Okay, yeah. Well, even in the home workouts, I haven't done them in quite a while, but Elisa does those videos, and I... I forget the name of the person who does that. Yeah, I did Sydney Cummings for a really yeah. long time. Yeah, you don't do them anymore. Not recently. Oh, we but. are open to sponsorships. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, videos like that, I've never done her, but I use the Nike Training Club app sometimes, and there you can filter them down for like strength training versus more cardio intensive. And so those usually consist of, I don't know, like burpees or, or like burpees. jump squats or you know, things like that where it's kind of more of a muscular workout, but it gets your heart rate up so much that it, it definitely counts as cardio. But do you enjoy that type of workout? Uh, is a jump squat where you, like, you squat and you're, like, holding a thing and, like, you jump and throw it? You don't need to um, hold anything. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a variation of it. I think there's a ton of variations, but... I did that for the first time this weekend. Oh, really? So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you're already on your way to doing cardio. Okay, cool. But... I guess if you also don't like those kind of workouts, the only other thing no, that I just like popped that. in my mind is um, some of those video games. Like you, you oh, yeah. love video games. You could get. Mm -hmm. I mean, you said not buying equipment, but so. so but your VR, well, you could get games. But yeah, I already have equipment. Yeah, so that's good. But I, and I mean, this is way outdated. But they used to have like those Wii Fit boards or whatever. Mm -hmm. I've never tried them, but I've heard. Good you got to get your DDR back. Up. Yeah, Dance Dance Revolution yes. coming back in style. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Good that idea. would be a heck of a cardio workout. Okay, but what about spiritual wellness? How do I, how do I achieve that? Um, that's a good question. I feel like that one is the most like personal. I think for me. Um, it's sometimes religious and sometimes just more like reflection, probably more the latter. Um, but it just, so it kind of depends on if you're a religious person person or not. So, um, I think no matter if you are or not though, it's mostly just like spending time with yourself because I don't know, I this is probably the one that I'm the worst at, honestly, cause I probably should spend more time like reflecting or like making goals or that type of thing. But I think that does help you be like a more happy person in general. Like find find kind of peace with where you're at. Meditating type stuff. Do you meditate? No, I don't. But no. I should. Yeah. But I think I I don't formally meditate, but I'd say the general like the gist of what meditating is trying to get across of like 
thinking through things and then just letting your mind be peaceful. I, I feel like I kind of do that either during yoga or as I'm falling asleep, you know, just shutting your brain off. I don't know. So there, there are two like primary modes of meditation. Uh, in the one mode, you're trying to basically let your mind do whatever it wants uh, and you kind of just like let that all go by and then you you like disconnect from it, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's like another kind of meditation where you're trying to get your mind to do a specific thing, like okay. focus on it. So um, I think some of what you described could be meditative, like yoga is probably the first of those two. Mm -hmm. You're not like focusing your mind on like uh, like you're not focusing on like getting your mind to like achieve something in that moment. You're mm -hmm. kind of like letting go and just being yeah. in the moment without like holding on to your ego. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I could see that being. Because you do meditating, don't you? Yeah. When you meditate, do you have like, do you use an app or something to guide you or is it mostly? I, I usually do guided meditation, um, but not always. Okay. Um, like, so I, I generally meditate, uh, when I go to bed, like before I fall asleep, okay, because uh, it helps me with yeah. falling asleep. Usually for that, it's a more like focused meditation. Um, and recently, I've started doing a third eye meditation, where like you look at your third eye point and try to like see through it. Okay. Hmm. Um, when I meditate during the day, it it tends to be more like the more like what you do during yoga and kind of like. Mm -hmm. exiting the ego not trying to get the mind to do anything just trying to get it to like not or not not trying to get it to not think because that that's counterproductive but mm -hmm. uh reaching a point where you're not thinking and you're just existing yeah. yeah yeah and that i tend to use guided meditation for that do you use so i've i've only tried the free sample that work gave us once but do you use anything like headspace or um i use headspace okay for me, I, I think it's not as important, like, what program you use. Mm -hmm. For me, what's important when it's a guided meditation is whether or not I like the person's voice. <laughs> like, it has such a big impact to me. Yeah. Like, I, I think our company um, has, like, it's like every Monday a, yeah. a guided meditation thing, but I, I just couldn't do it because the person's voice didn't work for me. Okay. Now that is a bad voice, but if I'm trying to meditate and, like, the voice is at all... I don't know, not like absolutely perfect for it, then it, mm -hmm. it just doesn't work for me. And Headspace happens to have a really good. Really? Yeah. Andy, if you're out there, <laughs> your voice, bro. <laughs> I know what you mean, though, because I've never done any like guided meditation in person, but I used to go like at my university, they had, you know, the workout classes and with it came yoga. And so I would go to those every once in a while and I just loved this one instructor because at the end of her yoga class it was almost like a mini meditation for just like five minutes or less where you would just be laying in that like on your back pose and um she would just like talk and I loved her voice and since it was not virtual like using an app or YouTube or anything I it, you know you can't recreate it yeah. but I'm like I wish I could go back to her class mm -hmm. and so, yeah, it's definitely certain voices are very calming. Um, so kudos to those people. Yeah. <laughs> well, you had mentioned the Netflix series, too, and I did start that. Oh. Um, my goal is to do one every night, 
And then I kept finding myself staying up so late, and I'm like, no, I just need to go to bed. And so, but I need to force myself to do it because I do think it's beneficial. Yeah. Well, it's probably better to get a full night's sleep than to. <laughs> really? Than, yeah. But maybe, but, maybe it needs to help me fall asleep too. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, because those are like a little longer, like 25, 30 minutes. So sometimes yeah. I'm like, I don't have time to, yeah. <laughs> to sit here right now. But Yeah, actually, and we might have talked about this on the podcast before, but I think it's worth repeating that if you have not meditated in the past, there are lots of proven benefits to it. And I think the Netflix headspace, like, what, what's it called? Like intro to meditation? Or, I don't remember. Or something. I just searched Headspace. Yeah. <laughs> Search Headspace on Netflix. It's a very good like intro program. It'll teach you the like the basics of how to get into meditation. And I highly recommend it. <laughs> Try to fit it in tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that's the hardest part of like the whole spiritual wellness thing is it's the easiest in my life anyway, it's the easiest one to brush to the side Mm -hmm. because it's hard to make time for things like meditation or yoga or um, whatever else you're doing or like going to church or whatever you do for your spiritual wellness. It's like usually for me anyway, tends to fall to the bottom of the totem pole. Um, Even though, like you just said, there's proven benefits. It's just as important as all of your other well-being. So... um, it's important to like consciously move it up. So I need to take my own advice and start doing it more often. Yeah, and I feel like everything that you just mentioned uh, under that spiritual umbrella, it feels like it has like the the fewest like short term uh, issues if you like cut it out. Mm-hmm. Like if you I don't know skip church on a Sunday or something. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of blowback from right. that. Yep. But like the Uh, I guess, like, the upside Mm -hmm. you don't get from any of these until you've been doing it for, like, a long time. So, like, for meditation, like, you might feel some immediate effects, but, like, to get, like, like kind of the ongoing long-term effects, you really need to stick with it for a long time. Yeah. Be meditating, like, three or four times a week. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, he said, like, I felt like the number 20 is coming to me. I don't know if it's 20, like... Sessions are 20 weeks where you will start to, like, really see, at least in the first episode, that's what he said. (laughs) (laughs) But I do feel like the, um, even though you don't see any negatives right away of not doing it, uh, just like the benefit of it builds up over time, the negatives of not doing it kind of build up over time. Like, if I, I always know I need to, like, take a step back and focus on that a bit more if I'm starting to feel anxious all the time. Um, Yeah. Because, I mean, which is probably right now in my life, probably because, mm. you know, I've been so busy, I've been, been putting that to the side. But, um, like, if I if I get to the point where I'm always, like, just on edge about, like, what do I need to do next? I feel like that's when I know I need to, okay, I really need to prioritize this. Mm-hmm. Um, one question still on well-being is you said you used to run, like, four to six miles a day. How did you, like, start to know you liked running? Or, like, how did you start running four to six miles a day? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. So I was a runner in high school, but more like, well, not sprint, but middle distance, 400, 800. So I guess at that point I would have never imagined running, like, four to six miles. That was I didn't even want to run one mile. But then in, like, college when I was just trying to find a workout routine was probably when I realized I enjoy running the best. Uh, mostly because I 
I don't really like working around working out around other people very much okay. unless it's more of like a group class or something but when you know you're just in a gym and I find it very like stressful in a weird way to be you know is that person going for that machine like <laughs> you know so I I still do that sometimes go to the weight room but I just would way rather run I love being outside um it I feel like it's almost meditative where mm-hmm. like I usually either think and end up like coming up with an idea or my mind just kind of clears for an hour and then I feel a lot more relaxed afterwards so I you know all those things I just kind of realized I I like running I actually hate running but I I always love how I feel after running you know it's like an addiction yeah it's yeah kind of yeah um yeah but it's like it always the first bit of the run sucks when I'm out of shape and I get back into running it, it sucks but I I always feel more energized afterwards I always feel a bit more relaxed like I might be a bit sore but that'll go away um good feeling yeah but then like last summer I I usually like to have a goal and I think that's why I've been a little worse this summer as I never really set that goal of what I want to do mm-hmm. um in prior years that had always been like you know building up distance for this half marathon or for this 10k or whatever else um but then last year the reason i did the four to six with all the events canceled with covid i just decided that was the good amount of time you should be working out for about an hour and um so i set my goal as i speed up my six mile time as fast as i can so that was kind of where that one came from so um yeah i don't the love for running just kind of was because I like being outside. I like working out, and those two go together well. Um, but the the motivation comes mostly from whatever goal I currently have. Yeah. So. Yeah, motivation's a tricky one for anything, not just working out. Mm-hmm. But I like the way that I view it for for exercise specifically is it costs me like I've got like a bar. Of, of motivation and I can spend it on so many things, right? Uh, and it costs me three motivation or whatever to go to the gym. But the next five days, I get plus one motivation from going to the gym yeah. today. So like, I feel like over time, it's definitely like a, a net mm-hmm. increase. I yeah. just got to make sure that I've got enough like motivation in my bucket yeah. in order to get me to the gym in the first place. Yeah, and, then, and then the the days after that will be better because mm-hmm. I'll be getting those plus ones. Yeah. I like that analogy. I, yeah. I'm thinking about my exam to, now and I'm like, <laughs> with my exam, it's taken all my motivation, but like the reason I want to get done is like through the roof motivation. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good analogy or like way to picture motivation. I yeah, like. I agree. I've never, I've never thought of it so tangibly before, but, um, one of Wade's rules really stuck to me and he tries to like do a five minute rule where like Mm -hmm. if you kind of want to do something but you're not motivated to like just sort of force yourself to do it for five minutes and if you still don't want to do it then you can quit I've heard that and I especially for working out I'm honestly haven't used it that much but for working out it works (laughs) I don't know about for other things like studying but um it you kind of still run into that hurdle of making sure you have the motivation in your bucket to do those first mm-hmm. five minutes but as long as you have that uh it, well, it, you usually why, want to keep going that's why things like 
uh, like browsing Instagram, browsing Facebook. That's mm -hmm. why they can be so uh, difficult on your life because mm -hmm. it actually drains your motivation bucket. Same thing mm -hmm. for playing video games. Like yeah. you can only do so much and then mm -hmm. you might not have enough to go to the gym, mm -hmm. right? So um, you got to be careful with those things that get your dopamine receptors to yeah. You answered my next question. I was going to ask why it drains your motivation bucket in yeah. here, but that makes sense. Yeah, and you can you can do things like browse Facebook to the point where your dopamine receptors downregulate, mm -hmm. and then like the other things in your life become less enjoyable. So mm -hmm. it's like a oh, this is the cutest <laughs> thing. Oh, Audrey, I'm so happy when you join the podcast. I bet mm -hmm. you can't see her, but yeah. she's here. Probably can't see her on camera, but oh, she's so beautiful. I don't know where to put my hands when she's here. <laughs> They're just kind of hanging. If you, if you rest them on her, she'll be cool with it. Great. It feels like heavy. <laughs> Is that too heavy? No, she's fine. She doesn't seem too bugged by it. I like rest my arm on her when I sleep. So. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. She's fun to cuddle with. She's a good cuddler. Very good. <laughs> and like my cat. She is top tier. Yeah. <laughs> Our dog Otis is a huge cuddler. And I don't know if I knew you had a dog. Yeah, actually, I shouldn't say our dog. It's Wade's dog. Okay, but okay. Since I live with love him, him. Sure. it counts as mine. <laughs> and I think I'm about to get. Are you the favorite? The favorite? I think. Oh. I think uh, it's we might be tied or I'm slightly behind. Do you I'm, think it's because you're still working from home and I, he leaves? That's what I joke. I'm like, well, maybe if you want to go back to work. <laughs> True. But it's funny because even though I do think I'm moving up on the favorite list, Wade might still have it by an edge, but. Uh, does like do your cats have a cuddle preference versus a play preference because so uh chen seems to be better at getting audrey to play than, uh -huh. than i am um, but i'm pretty good at getting heartbeat to play okay but i'm definitely her favorite okay. audrey will like find me no matter where i am in the house and <laughs> always loves to be on me <laughs> and we had like that instant uh like love at first sight thing when Aww. i saw her in the the adoption center mm -hmm. so yeah she's always been very bonded to me Aww. uh and then heartbeat seems to prefer chen which is good that we've each got like our own yeah like favored beast then they don't fight for each other too right yeah <laughs> they both get lots of attention then yeah so then are you the cuddle or play favorite Definitely Without cuddle. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's why I think we go back and forth in favorites, uh, depending on Otis's mood. If um, he wants to play, Wade's the favorite. And if he wants to cuddle, I'm the favorite. <laughs> See, now that you're talking about this, so like Jackson will only play with me in the middle of the day. He'll bring me toys. He'll never bring Dan toys to play with. Hmm. But he'll cuddle with Dan the second I leave the really? apartment. He like hops in Dan's lap. And when Dan leaves, Jackson sometimes finds me, but like, the weird thing is he cuddles with him on the couch. He doesn't, he never cuddles with anyone on the couch ever. He'll never cuddle with me on the couch. As soon as I'm out the door, he's cuddling with Dan on the couch. <laughs> I'm like, what the? Like, as soon as I came here today, mm -hmm. Dan sends me a picture. They're cuddling Aww. on the couch. <laughs> so you're play and Dan's cuddle. That's what I think. I had never thought about this distinction between, like, the play favorite and the cuddle favorite. Yeah. This is, like, opening my mind to, like, a whole new, like, aspect of, of uh, beast-human relationships yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and it's funny because i feel like no matter which one you have you want the other because it sounds like you wish you could cuddle yes. more. and i love cuddling with otis but i i get so mad if i throw the ball and he won't go get it i'm like just play with me 
Oh, I, I think Dan might feel that too. This morning, mm-hmm. so like when Jackson was a kitten, he would bring us little balls in our bed and want us to throw them. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't done that in so long. And he just started it again like a week ago. And like he last, two nights ago, I woke up, there's a ball under my back. So I didn't even know he brought it up to me in the middle of the night. I was sleeping on it. But last night, there was one on the bed. So when I woke up, I saw it. And Dan's like, can I do it? Can I do it? Like, he wants to be the one. He's like, I want Jackson to fetch my ball. Yeah. Because he never does. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, it's cute. Wait, so he actually fetches it. Like, he brings it back. Yeah. I should send, I sent Annie three different videos. He fetches everything. He'll fetch the balls. He'll fetch ribbons. Like, we have, like, oh, really? strings. Mm-hmm. And then he'll fetch... The stick with a toy on the end, he'll mm-hmm. fetch the whole thing and bring the stick back to <laughs> So I'm just throwing sticks across my apartment. That's but. funny. That's I knew cute. he did the balls, but I didn't know he'll bring everything. Yeah. Back. That's great. Yeah, and he has he has a toy almost the size of Audrey. It, my mom asked me, is that a dog toy? I was like, no, they said it was a cat toy. And so like, he like brought that to me. Yeah, it was like a yeah. kicker. He brought that to me the other day, and I was like, he's never brought that to me to play fetch with before. Huh. He knows how to get people to play with them. <laughs> Can we get a time check? 7.24. Oh, we're actually, I think we're about at time. Are uh, you hungry? Are you feeling hungry? Hungry? You mean, uh, not really, honestly. Okay. Did the charcuterie <laughs> do it? Yeah, probably okay. that. And, Good. well, no, we ate, we ate a pretty decent-sized lunch today. My, So, my, since my parents farm, I think a lot of people think this is crazy, but for me it's totally normal because we did it all growing up. But we had steak every Sunday. Oh, yeah. Um, that sounds good. Yeah, so we had steak today, and mm. so I ate plenty for lunch. And then I had some leftover cookies from the party yesterday, so we were snacking on those all afternoon. So between that and then the charcuterie, I'm I'm pretty set on food. Nice. Okay. Are you getting hungry? I'm so hungry. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to have tonight? That's why I was like, time check, because my stomach is... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. Mm. Probably just order something in. Yeah. That'll be easiest. Yeah. I, I don't know what I'll do. Probably the same, I guess. Maybe maybe make a sandwich or something. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe I'll just grab a hunk of sourdough and chew on that. Sourdough is so <laughs> good. I love sourdough. <laughs> I could eat like a loaf in a single sitting. Yeah. So since I moved out west, I had to move my CSA bag location. That's um, like a bag of veggies from local farmers. And I, cause like, I picked it up at Woolner's since it was near work. Now I pick it up at this just local bakery, and it has the best bread oh. I've ever tried. Oh. You'll have to wait. So, is this through through work like that? Well, work no, it's they else? they market it through work. Like they always advertise mm-hmm. it, right. but but it's not really connected through work at yeah. all. Um, but they used to drop it off that grocery store that was right across the street. Mm-hmm. So even when I lived out west the first time, I would pick it up there since I'd be you know just before or after work. But um, so this is the first time I've tried any other location. And now I it's expensive bread. It's probably twice what you pay in the grocery store or more. Actually, it's like seven dollars, but it's totally worth oh. it. And that's why I'm tempted to make a that sandwich awesome. because it makes great sandwiches. We uh-huh. have some honey ham. I forget what kind of cheese, but 100 percent, 10 out of 10 recommend. <laughs> and they have some. Like, can, I, can I still get in on that or is it too late? I, it's too late for like the bag of veggies but you could still go get the bread yeah <laughs> is it from that bakery uh we'll, we'll yeah. talk later okay yeah. <laughs> but yeah they also have like not just your normal wheat white breads so one time i got like a cinnamon chip bread mm-hmm. and 
as I was buying it, the lady said, you have to try this for French toast. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, it was amazing. I feel like I know a place you're talking about. Find so out. Maybe I am hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not helping my situation. Uh, well, Jen, thank you so much for coming out. We have had such a great time having you on the podcast. Yeah, yeah thanks for having me. I've had a great time, too. Good. Yeah. Uh, we'll catch you all next time. All right. See you. <laughs> gosh, I'm ready.